Hello everyone, welcome to the Untold Stories podcast where we unfold the events that led some of the modern successful entrepreneurs to reach prosperity. We want to thank you so much for tuning in and if you want more content from us, you can follow us on our social media accounts at Startup Bogovgrad. So today we have Teofil Shikov with us, who is one of the founders of Out to Bound, a B2B sales development agency. He is part of Forbes 30 Under 30 class of 2018 in the business category, and he is also an ISEC alumnus. He is an ABOM member and clean tech startups consultant. He is part of the management body of VAIT, the Bulgarian Association of Information Technology, and he has a business experience on four continents and a personal track record of closed deals for over $1 million. His previous experience includes running non-profit, living in Finland and India, and working for the ICT giant TCS, part of Data Group in their Mumbai HQ. And he has also uh, a mentor at Startup Weekend, so he's already accustomed to our AUBG community. Hi, Theo. Thank you so much for being here. Hi, Sofia. Uh, thank you, too. It's a pleasure. And yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to this conversation. Yeah. So would you please tell our listeners how Out to Bound was born? Sure. So back in... Rewind. I, I always love this question because it makes me rewind, you know, the, the past five to seven years. Uh, in 2015, I was selling for um, two, three tech companies. So it was one major tech company I was employed for, but then they had different projects under it and different sort of spin-offs. So we can say that I was selling for three brands at a time. Um, and during my, my sales meetings, I figured out that, you know, t- founders of tech companies who were my premier target back then, are generally having big time struggling with everything that, that is related to sales and marketing and especially sales looking for new customers. Sales like, okay, uh, maybe there's something here. Then um, in a period of, you know, uh, end of 2015, beginning of 2016, I was offered uh, different job positions in various of these IT companies. Some of them were basically inviting me for sort of a job interview while I was trying to convert them into a paying customer. And once I got six or seven of those i was like okay maybe there is literally something like a niche in this market that you know uh, there is a big hunger for uh, for salespeople. and i started questioning what i can do about it it was a big surprise back then because you know um, in in the tech community we're used to the fact that or at least back then that was the case that um usually developers and engineers are those who are headhunted and recruited as opposing to sales and marketing talent Um, and when these experiences happened to me, I was like, okay, there, there is a niche here. And since I've always had this entrepreneurial itch and drive uh, within myself, I, I called my uh, friends who are nowadays my partners at the company. Um, I, I shared the idea with them and I was like, do, do you want to join forces and see what we can do about it? Basically, we, we had more or less two ways. So uh, the, the first path was uh, us turning into a consultant, which wasn't very serious back then because... You know, some, some of my partners were just fresh out of university and, and I was, I, I think, if I'm not mistaken, 26. Um, so it was kind of not very serious pitching to in front of uh, big shot tech CEOs and, and just asking them, you know, let me consult you and, and show you how the business is done. The other part was building an agency, building a company on, on the, the so-called agency model where we are taking part of, of their process, of their sales process. And, and you know, like, 
proving or disproving our our hypothesis of what it is to build a business like this, build an agency business like this, and, and see what's going to happen. So the second path was uh, the, the the right one and the successful one. And since the very first day, we've been laser focused to help primarily and only technology companies. And this is more or less the, the type of companies we've been working with in the past six years. So that's how Outbound initially came to be the uh, you know uh, winter. So it was February 2016, which is our unofficial birthday. And then eight months later, we uh, registered um, uh, we registered an entity um, in the trade registry. So our official birthday is actually uh, October of 2016. And you know it's been six years now. Yeah, and, and it's amazing um, how the company has grown so much in uh, such a small time, actually. So what would you say is the end goal for your company? How do you imagine it changing the ecosystem? So the, the end goal has been changing throughout the years. Uh, initial two years, the end goal was, okay, uh, we, have to, we have to see if this business model is going to work at all or not. And we have to, you know, approve or disapprove our hypothesis. We have to interview as many tech founders as possible. And of course, try to sell our services to as many companies as possible. And, and basically that happened. So afterwards, the, the goal was, okay, can we make this a sustainable business and can we grow it? Uh, we failed miserably uh, because we generally had a time where Apparently, we made tons of mistakes, not hiring the right people, um, influencing the culture in a bad way, uh, making some bad decisions. That's, you know, a great part of entrepreneur's journey. So we spent some time, you know, uh, recovering and, and sort of repairing after after this happened. And then in, in the past uh, in the past two years, and especially in the past year, uh, since since we moved past COVID, uh, which was also a breakthrough year for us, the idea is how can we scale this? Right now, we are having all the processes are set up in a, in, a, in a great manner. Everything's working properly. We are hiring more and more of the right people, which is an obvious sign that we have learned our lesson and that the tough lesson was actually a, a, you know, an effective one. Um, and the idea is, okay, how can we, how can we scale this even more? You know, being a service company, um, it's rather harder to scale as opposing to, to being, a, for example, a, a software company. So at some point, our goal might also switch and swift to Autobound becoming not only a service company, but a product, a technology company, and, and basically, you know, mold the service within the, with, the, uh, um, uh, with, with, with the software offering, so to say. So if I have to sort of, um, you know, sum up on, on what I just said and answering straight away your question, the goal right now, the end goal is to, um, you know, potentially exit the business at some point. If we find the right partner and, and if we if we team up with the right company, which would allow us and give us a platform to grow even more, uh, but that's not necessarily the case. I mean, if we if we keep the business and and, and it keeps growing and growing and and you know uh, us also learning in our capacities of entrepreneurs, um, then then it makes sense to to continue this. And of course, you have several other major stakeholders such as the employees and the uh, and the end customers. Everybody in this system should be as happy as possible and, you know, as satisfied by, by what we do, by what the company does, you know, in a way. And uh, did COVID, like, teach you a valuable lesson that you now uh, use in your business? Because I imagine that it had an effect on what you do. Yeah, so um, COVID had, has a, had a major, major effect on, on our operations and, and on our 
uh, trajectory as, as a company. So prior to COVID, we were uh, we were romanticizing that we're gonna conquer the world, you know. So we had major plans to open international offices on two continents, three locations at the same time. We had uh, finances for that. We had uh, uh, the sort of the the ambitions, the dreams, and 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 the plan was ready. Um, and we wanted just to to grow as much. So when COVID hit. Um, all this plan was just, you know, thrown in a in a trash bin, and out of a sudden, in a matter in matters of, of of two to four weeks, we lost half of our customers. Uh, we used to have a waiting list, meaning between ten to fifteen companies who were waiting for us to tell them, okay, now is a good time to start collaborating, to start working together. So you guys, here's the contract, you can sign it, and then this uh, waiting list just vanished for for just in a matter of days. And at some point we were like, from these extremely ambitious plans to grow, conquer the world, um, expand, the, everything changed to, okay, how can we keep the business and how can we keep the, the, the company afloat so that we don't bankrupt in, in 2020? And at some point I was like, you know, um, I mean, even if this happens, then guys, it's been hell of a ride. We learned tons of lessons. I'm sure we're going to do something else afterwards, but right now we have more more important things to focus and that was first of all to be the trusted partner for our customers who decided to remain with us and to give them even more based on what they were paying uh, but also second of all to you know keep keep the business and keep the employees and back then uh, some people left so we were like 10 people and it was extremely tight core and everybody was you know um over delivering all the time Everybody also had these kind of, you know, um, you know how to say, uh, pe people were tired in the end of it, uh, obviously, because you you know how COVID was. COVID was also, you know, besides being a global pandemic, it was also a, in a way, a mental pandemic on on, on human on, on each and every human being on Earth, and we were not, um, you know, we, we were not excluded from uh, from from that from that group. So it had different. This process had different impacts. Uh, in the end of the day, we we managed to save the company, but not only to save it, but also back then we sort of recorded our highest uh, highest um, year in terms of revenue, in terms of turnover, uh, which was great. And then you know, right after 2020 was done, from literally the first working day of 2021, which I'll never forget, that was uh, 4th of January, 2021, everything was a hockey stick again. Like people were hungry to start um, start gaining what they sort of, what, what was taken from them in 2020, uh, start achieving more uh, more results, you know, uh, growing. And we had the door of, of new customers. And it was very interesting because, um, you know, Munchil from Endeavor, um, I guess very well. So we were part of uh, in 2020. Um, we were part of of, the, of an accelerator run by Endeavor called uh, Dare to Scale, and Mumchil and, and the other you know entrepreneurs who we were looking looking after and and looking after as, as role models uh, in a way. Um, they were telling us that you know in in such a storm, um, you have to like number one priority is surviving because once you survive and the storm is over, the sun's gonna shine again. And the sun is usually shining first on those trees which are left in the in the forest after the storm. So I can say that we were fortunate enough to be one of those trees who were, you know, uh, who who survived. And ever since then, so for the past year and year almost and a half, it's it's been 
it's been a hockey stick again, just growing with each and every quarter. So COVID was, was a huge lesson. Um, and I'm usually, I, I love to share this story and I'm, and you know, I'm having this um, also quite often with, you know, in the talks with my partners that uh, in that time, we just build a, a entrepre entrepreneurial muscle, but a, a muscle of resilience, so to say. So after, after we survived COVID, it's like, you know, heck, like we can survive almost anything that comes our way. Um, and it gives you a boost and a, and a confidence that you, in your capacity uh, as entrepreneur, you can, you can do great things, you know, if you, if you're extremely laser focused and if you, of course, if you, if you do the groundwork. So, uh, what would you advise our listeners to do when they encounter a failure? Um, I'd, I'd, you know, um, I'd always suggest to, um, to, to, to have a step back and, and evaluate. Um, I know I'd also suggest that if, if you have, if you have other co-founders, um, it's extremely relieving and, and, you know, in a sense, great feeling and great vibe to know that you're not alone in this. So failures are there to teach us, um, failures quite often happen, um, by, from mistakes, you know, the, the, the foundation of each and every failure is a mistake. And w where do mistakes come from? Mistakes come from blind spots. So if you're fortunate enough to know your blind spots and to sort of evaluate and see, okay, this is where we did wrong. This, these were the consequences like, okay, th that's a great lesson. Now we have to move forward. Uh, that's great. So like, don't just stay there, you know, live in the failure and, and stay there for quite, for a lot of, a lot of time, you know, just um, thinking that, that you're miserable and, and that nothing matters anymore. This too shall pass. It's a, it's a quote that I learned uh, recently. Everything's passing and then new thing is coming. The idea is to just, you know, keep on moving forward. And has your perception on success changed in any way uh, before, like from before you started out the bound and now? That's a great question. I think so in some ways. My perception for success before, prior to starting out to bound was me being a sales guy how many deals I'm going to make and, and how, how much I'm going to earn in the end of the day. Um, and then I also had the goal to, you know, travel the world and experience my experience, different cultures, but also experience my craft and, and shape it in a way of what it is to sell to different regions, what it is to sell to different geographies and countries. And then after starting out to bound, you know, my, my, the, this version of success from being entirely egocentric and personal centric, sort of changed to, to being to being centered around, of course, uh, also my personal well-being, but the well-being of my partners, the well-being of employees, the well-being of customers, of the whole community. So being an entrepreneur, the definition of, of success for me comes in, in several layers um, that are that are in regards to, to you know, to, to the most important priorities um, there is that I'm, you know, looking looking after uh, in a way. So all the all the different stakeholders, uh, you may uh, you may say, and I'm striving to you know to to make it successful for them, which I believe would also make it success for myself in a way. So it's rather focused not not so self centric this time, but rather broader community centric. And was there a certain situation that made you look? into like this success uh in this way or was it just like the gradual process of having people on your team and seeing their reactions to your actions it, it was it was rather a gradual process um 
you know, I, I always wanted to be entrepreneur, uh, but Autobound was the, the, the first, maybe after the, the, the nonprofit that I ran, the, the first, first of all, first for-profit organization and, and first and, and second organization in general that that um, was a success for me in a way, but this time it was related to, you know, to having the team, to having the, the to having the partners and, um, and then learning, learning on the go, like learning in the true entrepreneurial way, learning by doing, and all these things were shaping myself, shaping my, my colleagues and the business each and every single month. Like if I, if I draw the line, uh, there is no month in the past six years or, maybe this is this would be an overstatement but there is no quarter that is that a quarter that look look alike with, with the previous one you know like each and every quarter there's something new happening a new learning so things are changed has been changing gradually and um i know that you know uh, one of the golden rules in the in the books and not only in the books but by uh, successful entrepreneurs is that those who uh, succeed are the persistent ones but but also those who succeed are the, are the ones who are who are giving the time for an idea for a project a company a relationship to sort of build on and, and, and thrive in a way and you know um generation generations change so nowadays we're having um the young people that i that i see and and I think not, not only nowadays, like 10 years ago, when I was fresh out of university, I was more or less the same, like trying to, to speed up this process, trying to, to succeed and to, to gain as much as possible. But um, for these things, you, you have to give the time in a way. Yeah. And um, I also, uh, when I listen to other like podcasts that you have been in, um, you, you mentioned that there is a huge transparency in your company and that everybody can express an opinion and give an idea. Um, was there ever like a time when someone said something that really surprised you, but turned out to be very useful? It's hmm. an interesting question. Um, so conversations with my, um, the, the whole transparency thing started around the conversations initially with my uh, co-founders when, when, we, when it was just uh, four of us. Um, and to each and every time that somebody was sharing something, it was, especially the early days, um, it was kind of a surprise because you you were not, first, first of all, we were forming as a team in this phase. And um, I was not really used to, you know, having people being extremely open to what they're going, uh, what they're going through, not only professionally, but also personally. Um, and to do that, I knew that I also have to sort of, you know, uh, do this myself. Um, and throughout the years, there's been a, a great tons of moments where you see people every day at work, everything's going great, or you see that somebody's maybe slightly struggling in a way. Um, and but you, like your presumption is that that's because of, you know, the, the, the work, uh, how the work is going, that it's a tense period, whatever. And then when you sit and, and have a one-on-one -on -one or, or when we have these open, transparent conversations, then, then you get to know that the, uh, this very person is going through a rough time uh, personally. Um, and then this, this, and, and these moments have been great because it helped me be more empathetic to, to people and, and to know that, you know, uh, the coin has not only two sides, but, but there's also a third side, that, third side of the coin when you, when you look at it from, from an angle, so to say. Um, and yeah, um, it's, it's, it's a, it has been extremely valuable to, to see things from, from this perspective. 
And uh, you mentioned that the people that you founded the company with were your friends. Uh, how did you know that these are people that you can work with? Like what qualities and what expertise did they bring to the table? So we never really had a um, prior working experience together uh, before starting out to bound. So when I was uh, when I came up with, uh, with with the idea of the company, I was like, okay, I wanna I wanna join for. First of all, I'm I'm not I've never been a lone wolf. I, I love working with people in a team, so I definitely need someone you know next to me to, to run this together. Um, so of course uh, I, I had. I, I've known many different people uh, back then um, and acquaintances, friends. Um, and I was like, okay, whom should I call that in order to, to, to start this together? Uh, and I came up with two simple criteria. Uh, do I like the person? Yes or no. And is this person someone who is sales savvy, has a previous experience in sales and maybe want to develop himself in sales? So that's how I ended up calling these guys. Um, we, we did. We, I, I did a meeting with each one of them. <clears throat> they were. They were. Then, you know, they were like, "Okay, that that sounds interesting. Uh, another crazy idea that you're coming coming uh, coming up with." But you know, uh, let, let's give it a try. See see what's gonna happen out of this one. Um, and then things just started happening. And um, I was at some point. I was kind of you know. Um, aware that, okay, maybe we are two similar types of profiles, but apparently six years down the line, that has never been the case. So, you know, being uh, being centered around sales and, 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 and loving sales and doing sales and having a sales background even is maybe one of the few things that unites us. Um, we are very different. Four of us are very, very different. And that's been helping a ton into when you, when you look into general companies' development. So each one of us is having uh, great strengths. E each one of us is having uh, his own weaknesses. And then we are sort of, you know, overlapping in, in these fields and, and going there um, uh, as, as one, as, as one organism, as one body, uh, you can say. So, um, and, and that's, that's also an advice that, you know, um, it, it's, it's a golden rule. You have to find people, of course, who you, whom you like and, you, you share uh, same values and uh, same, uh, you know, um, worldview in a way, but at the same time, try to find people who have skills that are complementary or different to yours, because that's where the truth is coming from. And, and in business, in our organization, we are, you know, we are seeking for the truth. So what is, what is the truth today for, for us as a business, for our company, uh, sorry, for our customers, for, for our employees, for the community? And what are the core values that you believe a person should have in order to be a success? So I'd say that for the, the most probably the, the first one that is just, you know, popping in my mind is to is persistency and, and being persistent in life. Um, and that's that's a value that, you know, especially salespeople have uh, successful salespeople, I believe, have because a salesperson hears a lot of no's in their lifetime. Um, and as entrepreneur, you also hear a lot of no's and you have to be crazy enough and persistent enough to just not care about those. Okay. You can learn something from the no, uh, that you get in a conversation. That's fine, but you have to, you have to be persistent and you have to continue your own way until you prove that either you're right or you're wrong and prove them right or prove them wrong. Um, when the idea was still in a, in a, in a very much idea stage, 
I, I shared it with several people and, and even with my friends and everybody was like, don't do it. Um, it's not going to work, which for me was the greatest validation, how much I want this to happen, how, how bad I want this to happen in a way. So that's why one of my, you know, number one advice is to, to each and every entrepreneur is uh, don't do it. And if you feel bad about my, my advice and you continue on your own way, that's great. If you feel bad about my advice of not doing it and you stop because I told you so or somebody else told you so, then you're not really ready to, you know, to pursue the idea that you're going after. So persistency is, is, is number one quality. Uh, number two is being open, being open to openness in a way to, to the world, to yourself, to, to the different stakeholders, to different people that you're doing this together. Um, each and every successful entrepreneur shares that there's been in, you know, within their entrepreneurial journey a lot of ego at the very beginning. And beginning could be first six months, it could be first five years, you know. So if you, if you allow the ego to, to lead you in each and every interaction of yours, especially with your closest, you know, partners, uh, colleagues, you name it, customers, then you're you're in the trouble uh, because you're not learning enough, and you know you're not you're not moving forward uh, you know, with the pace that you have to. So learning to overcome this, learning to put it behind ego, ego is a is, is a powerful tool if we know how to use it in a productive in a productive way. But this also comes from experience. Um, number three, I believe having a, having a uh, a mindset that you are actually helping people. So I don't know how I can frame this as a as a one word or one sentence value, but um, believe that that what you're doing over there is helping, either helping your local community, your town, your city, a specific industry, or helping the whole world and professionals. If you're selling B two B and if you're doing B two C and consumers in a, in a specific way. Uh, so, you know, you're, you're there to help. And, and this is what your, one of your premier drives as entrepreneur is. And uh, what do you think is the most and the least exciting thing about being an entrepreneur? The least exciting thing is the admin work. I hate doing it. And uh, from time to time I had to, I have to still do it. Um, but that does least, least exciting, like doing some manual admin work that is just, you know, um, eating up from, from your time, but you know, that I know that I have to do it. Uh, so that, that's the least exciting part. The most exciting part is everything else. Like when you're in, in this capacity of entrepreneur and when you're, when you're, um, swimming in in uncertain seas and when you're exploring uncharted territories you never know what 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 you'll what you'll happen and it's a great idea to have a plan but quite often throughout this plan when you're in motion something else happens and then you're taking another path and then you're exploring some other territory and you want to stay there for a while you want to explore this territory for a while and then you're making either part of your kingdom or you're just leaving it behind and you're focusing on your way to to keep moving forward and, and this excites me a lot because, you know, uh, for me, Autobound has been sort of an MBA for the past six years, like real life MBA that I've been learning a ton from and I still keep on learning. So as I told you, <clears throat> almost every, say not every day, but every week there's something new happening and every month there's a new experience that we're going through. 
uh, and they're just very excited because we're learning new things on the go and, and you know, learning by doing is, is the most efficient way to do so. So that's why I love so much the, the role of entrepreneur is just something that I more or less always wanted to do in one way or another. And talking about learning and changing, um, I know that you have traveled a lot, worked in uh, many countries and have changed different uh, professional positions. Uh, how would you say has your past experience made this startup successful? So my my biggest goal after and even in high school and also in university was to travel extensively, to immerse myself in different cultures, to live in different places and to build a network. I had no idea why, what this network would be about and how I, how, how I would utilize it. But the idea was that, you know, I wanted to, to have a to have a global mindset and a global view of, of what's happening and to potentially tell myself okay this is this is a good direction to go or this is not a good direction to go that's why i decided to go to finland right after i i um, finished uh, graduated high school and that's why i decided to move to india uh, once i graduated university um and all these experiences just you know expanding me as a human being to a great time then of course Speaking to people in different cultures, uh, with di- coming from from these from different business backgrounds and learning from these people, sort of showed me what kind of entrepreneur I want to be, what kind of leader I want to be, what kind of manager I want to be, um, and which is the direction that I want to go. What are the people that I want to join forces together in terms of partners, in terms of coworkers that I want to make this grand vision happen. Um, and of course, then I had um, s- several ideas, maybe two, three ideas that were about to be a early stage startup. Then all of those failed. Um, and I also learned from that and, and moved on and then, you know, came out about which was not clear what exactly we, uh, w- was going to happen uh, with it as a sort of as an idea. Um, but yeah, all those experiences were kind of extremely you know building of, of my personality uh, as a as a as a business person as entrepreneur uh, but also personally for myself as a human being and uh, what were those startups that you mentioned that were only an initial idea and then never went off so one of those was a a, a startup that um, so back in 2016 I, I went to to Babson in Babson College in in Boston through a program for entrepreneurs here in Bulgaria back then and um, uh, I studied there and, and one of the ideas that I worked on there um, was, you know, a feature where you're going to the, uh, where you're having a platform, a mobile app, and then somebody's booking a flight, let's say to um, an Italian person is booking a flight to Sofia and this Italian person uh, doesn't know, um, uh, this Italian doesn't know any Bulgarian. And then through this app, they're booking someone with Italian language who's going to the airport, picking them up. Then, you know, bringing them to the hotel, generally helping them, guiding them, being like a local guide. Uh, and that seemed like a great idea. And I, I developed some concepts of it together with my team. Uh, so it was more or less like a startup weekend, but for, for two months uh, of a period. Uh, and we were doing it in the U.S. And uh, I pitched it to investors in San Francisco. Um, I decided to, you know, maybe it's, it's a good idea to sort of continue on this idea. And then um, a month later, Airbnb launched a feature on their platform with exact same, you know, exact same feature. 
Um, and it was very interesting because one of the questions that investors in San Francisco, one of the investors and the VCs in San Francisco asked me was, how about if, you know, um, um, a major platform runs a feature like that? And I was like, no, that's not possible. Like uh, that this couldn't happen. And then it literally happened three, four weeks down the line. So I was like, okay, first of all, Airbnb is doing Airbnb is thinking like I think, you know, the people behind Airbnb, I was like, you know, proud of myself in a way. But second of all, it made me realize a, a, a big business lesson here. And that was the fact that um, when you're leveraging on, on other big, big platforms, such as Shopify, Airbnb, Facebook, whatever, and you're putting 100% of your eggs in this basket, uh, that, that's a risk. You have to be very, very cautious about it. And uh, how did you recover? Because um, like I remember, I don't actually remember which business guy said it, but uh, he was like, uh, the real entrepreneurs fail with one idea, they get drunk and the next day they have another idea, they start working on it as well. Uh, did you go through the same process? Uh, I think I did besides getting drunk. Um, <laughs> I think I, I skipped on this. You know, uh, throughout the years prior to, to starting out to bound. So from when I got back to from India to starting out to bound, it was exactly two years apart, uh, working for another company in, in here in Sofia and, and building and, you know, uh, getting more and more experience in the sales field. I was having different ideas. Uh, I was trying to, you know, to have those as, as side gigs. Um, an idea like this one that I just shared, they were just failing because there was no focus. There was no effort, no time. And I was not that that much of a, you know, I wasn't dedicated to, to those ideas at all. And um, comparing to Autobound, the moment that Autobound sort of, you know, skyrocketed was the moment when I left my job. And then several months later, my co-founders there left. They also left their former uh, uh, employers. And then we were like 100% focused on growing this specific business. And then it's just, you know, and of course, because market was open to what we have to offer, um yeah it just started developing in its own in its own course and uh i'm gonna get you a little bit back because i mentioned in your introduction that you traveled and you mentioned it as well um would you tell our listeners where you have you been and uh what did you learn from traveling so i have traveled extensively through most countries of in europe um, I'd say there's almost no country that I haven't visited or of course there are, but you know, the major, major, major countries I've been there. No, I just, uh, next the, you know, a note here, I rarely travel as a tourist. So I, I hate doing that when I'm traveling somewhere, it's either because I have a business interest or, um, I, I'm, I'm doing a workshop or I'm going for a training or whatever. So it was exactly the same when I was at high school, I was traveling for different youth projects and then it sort of, um, you know, translated to, to when I became a young professional, so to say. So at some point Europe was not that interesting for me. Uh, and right after university, I asked myself, where on earth can I go where you are having a, a booming, you know, uh, country with a, with a booming economy and, and then a, a, a thriving startup and entrepreneurial ecosystem. So I, I applied for Australia. Uh, I got rejected. Uh, then I applied for, I, I applied for a, a DHL, a big company, a world, you know, global company to their Australian office. 
Then I applied for uh, Hong Kong, uh, their Hong Kong investment agency. I reached the final in- rounds of interviews and I was rejected too because uh, they chose uh, someone who was Chinese speaker over over me, you know. Um, and then, um, then I applied for India and after five weeks of interview process, uh, they, they accepted me. So there, there was a, um, you know, living in, living in India, I traveled extensively all across India. Then, um, I was traveling North America, South America, different parts of Asia. I also traveled to, to Europe several times. So yeah, it's, it's been, it's been a great ride. Um, and each one of those travels, you know, uh, brought new lessons, which was my premier idea back then, like travel as extensively as possible and then learn what, whatever you can make connections, make network and, you know, then let's see what happens. And can you give us an example of a lesson you learned and how did you learn it while traveling? Sure. Um, one of the, um, w- one of the main ideas of, of, you know, of me building the, the network that I mentioned was that it has never been about the immediate effect. So it's always, it, it has always been about, about meeting people with whom I'm having a genuine relationship, which I believe is number one rule or supposed to be number one rule in networking, having a genuine relationship and see if we can be in favor of each other in the long term. So one of those people whom I, whom I actually met several years ago uh, during one of those, uh, one of those experiences, uh, we became friends. We were just, you know, keeping a casual relationship, like, you know, happy birthday on Facebook once a year, you name it. And then um, I got the chance to invite this person to, to, be, uh, to, to be part of a board of, a, of an NGO that I was um, uh, running back then. And then afterwards, two or three years down the line, uh, we, we got reconnected again. And it was like, okay, we, can we do something? Can we do something together? Can, can we, you know... Uh, can you help me with specific problems that I'm having at my work and specific challenges by what you do currently at Outsubound? Bound? And I was like, yeah, sure. And, you know, he, he's, been a, um, he's been a customer in a way ever since then. And that's what I just described is, is a relationship of 10 years, more or less, nine years. Um, that's been on and off, you know. So, yeah. Um, I think one of the most important thing is to to look at to look at everything long term. Of course, not at everything. Uh, there there should be some you know um, some short term benefits too. But whenever you invest your time and energy in a project or whatever, look at how like would I be doing this for the next five years, and should I dedicate myself? And if if yes, why I'm doing this? So also knowing your personal why in the process. Yeah, I think that is a really nice advice. Um, so besides sales and traveling and meeting people, what is something else that you're really passionate about? I, I love building companies. I just want to add these two to the professional, you know, to professional features. I, I love having ideas and, and building something from the ground up. And that's why right now at Altobound, we're also working on several other concepts, um, several other business ideas. And then besides that, you know, I, I, I love the, I love the mountains. I, w- I was, I'm originally coming from, from the mountain side of Bulgaria. Uh, I'm skiing in the winter since I was five years old. I'm, I'm trekking and, and hiking um, in, in summer. 
And it's just a place where I truly feel connected with myself with, you know, it, it's allowing me to sort of steam off and, and, you know, focus on, on what, on what, on what matters in a way. Um, then I just, you know, love exploring new, new places and, and, um, I, I guess this is also related to travel, but even new places within Sofia that I've been living now for the past 13 years, um, just meeting meeting people who whom can you know meeting different people is is also something for example people of art i'm i'm also very interested in that or people with, with a different mindset than, than mine you I, i'm i'm i figure that i'm learning a great ton when i'm getting out of my bubble out of my comfort zone and just you know um communicating with with different type of of, of, uh, of human beings and I think um, like the question that I would say everybody's asking them, themselves right now is uh, how do you find time for yourself? How do you do this uh, work-life, personal life balance as an entrepreneur? So I, you know, if we if we look at um, if we look at what the, the definition of balance, like it's an even distribution of weight enabling someone or something to remain upright and steady which is, you know, remaining upright and steady is kind of being a static for me. So for me, the, the question about balance has always been, I represent, I sort of visualize it as a pendulum, which is swinging all the time. And then if it keeps on swinging, you know, you're in balance. Because if you're in a true balance by the definition, you're static, you're in the middle of something, but you're not moving anywhere. Um, and you're just cutting from, um, from, 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 from life in a way. Uh, maybe for some people this works. For me, it's rather the pendulum is moving all the time. I have to make make sure it, it's not just here where the work is or just on the left corner where the, the, the personal life or just the right corner where the work is. But just keep on moving it and, you know, like spend enough time where it's needed, but being present at the both spectrums at the same time all the time. Um, and that's hard to do. I, I've been I've been in, in both ends, just focusing only on, on personal or focusing only on professional and, and burning out uh, because of it. Um, but it's um, it's it's something that, you know, um, people have to learn how to do. Speaking of myself, I'm, I'm, I'm still learning. I, I think I have a I have plenty to learn about that. And uh, do you do uh, like some routine, for example, waking up, doing a meditation, doing a Wim Hof breathing, or is it just like you said, every day is different, every day is changing? So the rotation evolves around meditation and, uh, and uh, physical exercises at the gym. Um, and, and then, you know, switching in between those. Uh, when it comes to meditation, I prefer doing it uh, at night uh, before going to sleep. And then the morning is just to sort of center myself. If it's gym, if it's gym morning, then you know going to the gym, then straight to work. If it's not, then just you know preparing something small. Like I, I wasn't used to uh, having breakfast. I, I changed that too. Uh, so just having a having a small breakfast and then, um, and then continuing with my day. Um, so yeah, um, I think daily habits are a useful thing to have. And um, would you say that there is something that you found out uh, that you do every day that really helps you? So one thing I'll say here is related to uh, to you know exercising your exercises, really uh, pushing your body in a in a physical way so that it can it can complement the, the the mental uh, the mental 
pressure uh, in a way. So if you can do this in a weekly basis, and it, it's not necessarily gym related, but it could also be you know a twenty minutes a twenty minutes walk in the in the park, then it, it definitely helps. Yeah, and uh, is there someone that you look up to? I'd say you know I'm trying to of course the look look up after um, the the great entrepreneurs, but I'm also looking up after entrepreneurs nowadays who are part of the Bulgarian ecosystem, who are in a way uh, ahead of of me, of of us, of my company, and trying to learn from them and you know to 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 think of okay how can I replicate in a way in my own way what they have achieved but i'm also trying but if, if i have to sort of outline also a group of people that i'm looking up after that, that would be my co-founders because you know these are people that i'm learning from on a on a daily basis one way or another and um, i'm you know I, i'm thankful to 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 have the you know to have the chance to to have them on board and in to to be able to share this journey with them. And you mentioned that you were in an accelerator program where you could learn from people that are ahead of you. And I know that uh, you're you're you have an academy to teach students to uh, like sales skills. And I I just really love this mindset of giving back that we have in the Bulgarian ecosystem. Do you have like a story about giving back that really defined um, like your perspective on this subject? So currently I'm, I'm giving back in, in different to the community in different ways. One would be through volunteering my time in, in Pledora of startup organizations. I've been volunteering my time since I was 15 years old. Uh, I'd be soon 33, so that's a good part of the past 18 years. And I believe that volunteering could teach you great tons of lessons and that every business leader should go into uh, through some kind of volunteering uh, volunteering experience um so currently personally giving back to to you know to different organizations where i'm stepping up as a as a mentor and i'm uh, and i'm teaching startup founders um and then the the sales academy is another example that we just wanted to you know synthesize and get all our experience everything we've learned in the past five years and sort of um you know uh, share it with the with the rest of the world um i think maybe one of the examples that i that i have of, of uh, that is related to giving back is one of our um you know one of our former uh, employees who who was really struggling with his sales career and he was ready to give it up and then we had so a guy from Netherlands. He was interning uh, at Outbound several years ago, and um, he was having a hard time with that. And then we were having some conversations, and each and each and each every single time that we, you know, catch up after uh, in, in the past years, uh, he's like, you know, always thankful for 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 everything that we have shared together, for you know the the advices that I that I have shared with him, and and how we had also bound shaped his career so that, that's a small thing and I, I you know i don't take the full credit of where this guy currently is because he's an amazing professional an amazing as amazing human and and he knows how to achieve things in life but these are this is a small example that you know what we do at the company is not only okay you you come you you spend your working day here you earn salary you help some companies do um you know help them with sales or help them with whatever but it's also very much a personal related personal side that you know here we we're actually 
capable of changing someone's life for you know in a better way and that's um that that's something that really warms my heart so to say and uh, and is giving me a high purpose of what we do as a company and uh what would you say is the thing that you would like to see more in the future of our bulgarian startup ecosystem I'd say more and more people, more and more young people starting companies. And that's why I loved your initiative. That's why I love Startup Blog Lovegrad because uh, you guys are the real real life proof and that you know this is this is actually happening. And uh, because we're nearing the end of our conversations, uh, I want to ask you the question we ask every guest of ours, which is what is your untold story? That so there are many untold parts of my untold story one of the one of those that i haven't shared very uh, publicly is the fact that i was a regular in underground bar when i was a high school student and that i was sometimes you know you using others id card when i was under 18 to get into into the bar um and yeah, you know, it, it was like the, the club back then was in a totally different place than what it is nowadays. Uh, it was near, but not not in this place. I think they, they changed it maybe some 10 years ago, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and it was a complete hole back then, uh, but it was a great place to, to have an alternative music and to spend a quality time. And I was finding my alternative ways to get in there too, so... Yeah, that, that that's that's something that I'm uh, I hope would remain only with the listeners of you know of this podcast. <laughs> well, um, thank you for sharing this because um, I guess this is uh, this idea that to be an entrepreneur and to be successful, you need to be laser focused from very early on, and it is really refreshing that you are saying that you were a kid once, a teenager, and there is time for fun and there is time for work. For sure, for sure. Well, thank you so much for this conversation. I hope this was as helpful for you as it was for us. And uh, I really hope that you return to us uh, for another topic when you get successful with your other out-of-bound ideas and your other businesses. Thank you very much, Sophia. Uh, for sure, I'll come back um, You know, with another portion of learnings. Um, thank you for, for hosting me today. It was it, it was a great pleasure. And yeah, uh, keep on doing what you guys do best, which is just being the, the pillar of entrepreneurship over there uh, at the university and, and all the initiatives that you do. And yeah, see you soon, I hope. Yeah, and with these wise words, the podcast is over. Bye. Bye, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked the episode, make sure to share it and follow us on social media at Startup Voglovgrad for more awesome content.